You are now shaking them up, shaking them up, shaking them up, shaking them with the internet beer users. I'm your host, Nick Pro, joined tonight, as always, by my co-host, Jay Torres. Jay, what's up, man? What's up, Nick? How are you? That was pretty impressive. <laughs> I've been rehearsing that all day, and now that my uh, the nervousness has subsided, I am ready for a drink. Yeah, this week's show beer is last week, after round, and got a triple-double uh, collaboration between Other Half Brewing and The Answer, and this is coming off of Untapped. Last week, after round, and got a triple-double is a triple dry-hopped Imperial India Pale Ale brewed with our good friend Brandon Tolbert from The Answer Brew Pub. It uses Pilsner malt, oats, and wheat, plus a punishing amount of Galaxy Y80, Mosaic, and Vic Secret. Then we triple dry hop this beer with more Mosaic and Galaxy. So release date on this, or canning date at least here, looking at my can, was 3818. Uh, we are recording now after a bit of a hiatus last Spring week. Spring break. Yeah, took a little took a little break there. But uh, it is the 17th day after ta- wait, today is tax day. It is yes, tax today day. Today is actually tax, today day. tax day. Yes, I did my I actually oh, did my taxes oh. yesterday, which is a miracle cuz I actually usually wait <laughs> until the final deadline, which is today. That's why I got a little confused. <laughs> but um but anyhow, so we're looking at about mm, 5 weeks or so. But wow, let me just say, I, I don't detect at least aroma-wise any hint of the, yeah. um, you know, everything subsiding or anything. This is really bursting with a great aroma here on the uh, on the aroma. Yeah, I, I was about to say the same thing. I poured it out and it smells fresh. The first thing that jumped out to me was the aroma, like you said. And uh, on first sniff, I get... Um, it's it smells juicy to me. I, I mean, we, yeah. we use that every every week. But that's, <laughs> yeah, that's seriously, yeah. what jumps but out. It's it's very apt. I'm getting fresh squeezed orange juice and some dankness, maybe a hint yep. of mango or trap tropical notes coming in on the aroma, but um, just you know, fresh juice with with kind of that um, kind of that dankiness that you get from uh, a double IPA or a double dry hopped. Excuse me, triple dry hopped. Triple. I, double IPA like this. <laughs> and 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 really quick Jay, I mean, what a name. I mean, it's it's kind of like I and you know I wonder, it's one of those things where kind of taking a peek behind the behind the curtain really intrigues me because I wonder what came first with this, the name or the beer. I I would I would guess R- the beer came first and they're like, yeah. man, we just we we messed around <laughs> and we came out with this with this great beer. I, I have right? a feeling that's that's the story behind it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like hitting the court on that, you know, picture perfect <laughs> day with your homies and hitting that triple double. So um what are we uh what are we looking at in terms of the appearance on this, Jay? Um, it's hazy to me. Uh golden orange appearance. Um I, it's it's not super you know it's not like um shoot man it's been like it's been a minute since we recorded <laughs> I'm trying to bring up a past beer um but yeah it's not like the new england you know like that bright hazy uh, it doesn't have that bright hazy look to it it looks more like a you know like a double or or a a double ipa um and yeah and that's what i'm getting mostly yeah it's it's got i think i think 
a, kind of a different way of putting it is it's got a hint of that New England style look to it, but not fully and not all the way. Um, sure, meaning yeah. it's got it's got a little bit of that creaminess to the look, but like not but not a hundred percent. It's definitely um, a little bit translucent. So I think it's kind of striking a good balance um, with just kind of a standard, like you said, double IPA, quote unquote, and a New England style. Uh, but all around, it does look really appealing. Um, again, smells great, and I think that it's time to raise one up in honor of Ice Cube. Let's do this, man. It's been a good day. <laughs> Indeed. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Okay. Wow. It's been a good day, and so far, this is a good beer. It goes down really smooth. Um, there's a little bit of effervescence. There's some bubbles in there. Um, mm-hmm. But mouthfeel-wise, for, uh, first thing that jumped out to me was it goes down pretty smooth. Um, what's mm. the ABV on this? ABV on this is eight percent, so an even eight. And um, for me, I'm getting I'm getting a really balanced juice bomb, if that makes any sense. Um, the flavors are there. The citrus is coming in big, orange, tangerine, a uh, little bit of those tropical notes, like I described, but definitely not overpowering. And Though it's assertive on the finish, I'm, I'm getting, I'm not getting bitterness. I'm getting probably the probably the I guess the best word for it is dankness coming yeah. in on the back it's, end yeah. for me. And it is drinking. It's drinking like an eight eight percent double IPA, but with no noticeable alcohol burn whatsoever. And I think that for this particular beer, the age on this has definitely lent itself to it. Uh, or imp- not, I want to say improved it, but I can I can kind of taste how cracking this maybe the day it was canned or a week after it was canned may have been just a little bit too much in terms of those flavors coming through. I think that five weeks in, this is drinking really really tremendously, at least by, from my perspective. Yeah, um, I can taste the eight percent. It's not off putting or anything like that. Uh, I I like you know I like strong beers, so this is definitely up my alley. Uh, I, I, you mm-hmm. mentioned dankness. I do get some of that. Um, vegetal comes to mind, but uh, it, like you said, it's a perfect blend between um, the juicy flavors, the dankness, um, the earthiness, if you want to call it that. Yeah, uh, I, I get a lot of that. So it's 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 good. Yeah. It's, it's the best. It's a perfect blend of those two um, qualities. Yeah, I mean, it's it is definitely an other half beer or an other half double IPA. Uh, first and foremost, but it's really interesting to me. And I've been drinking quite a few other half uh, beers. We've had a few on the show as of late. And I do get a hint of that earthiness that other half is really, I don't want to say known for, but that I really strongly associate with other half because it, it is present in a lot of their IPAs and double IPAs. But it is really muted. And I'm getting a ton more of those fruit flavors and, and the tropical fruit coming in yeah. with this beer in comparison to an average um, other half, you know, style beer or branded beer from them that I get that's just them. And I, I really want to shout out the answer because though I've never had a proper strictly answer beer, I take that back actually. I actually have had a sample of an answer beer. I forget the name of it. I want to say it's Larceny. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but I did sample um, 
I think just one, it may have been two of mm-hmm. their beers down at the Festival of Dankness that I attended in San Diego. So, um, and they were there present. But um, you know, I've really had the most exposure to their to them that I've had is from their collaborations. This being one of them, of course. Um, my favorite double IPA of 2017, which was uh, Red Beans and Rice, didn't miss her, which was their collaboration with Monkish. And I just, you know, every time. I encounter them, whether it's it's normally a collaboration. Um, <laughs> I always I always have a great impression of them, and it really is telling me that I need to look more into um, trying to get my hands on some of their proper beers. I've been seeing a lot of their crowlers online lately. I think they've been getting really heavily into the crowler game. I've been seeing them; they kind of look like um, um, you know, like a uh, like a like a bomb. That, that needs to be diffused. It's kind of like, it kind of has that look like where there's that little screen on it. I don't okay. know if it is a, an actual bomb. That's what it looks like I don't to think me. It, it's probably not. I mean, but, you know, like, hey, this beer's the bomb. I, I oh, okay. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. I was drinking when I was looking at my Instagram page. <laughs> but anyway, no, this is, this is, this is impressive. And I do also want to mention that this was, part of a triple can release that uh, went down that weekend on the canning date. It would have been, um, again, the the 8th of March, and this uh, was released alongside um, their collaboration with Monkish, which was a double IPA by the name of Mm, Universal on All Planes. Yes, Universal on All Planes. And then um, another double IPA that they collaborated with, with uh, Hoofheart Brewing, uh, excuse me, hoof-hearted brewing, and that one was man. I I'm, it was a skiing named title, a skiing themed title. I can't remember. I think it was oh, I think it was like um, woo off the chairlift. And um, <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple of hoof-hearted beers over at my buddy Tasty Beverages house, and they're they're really really quirky. Their art style, it's just kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like. Um, their labels look like Napoleon Dynamite drew them or something. Oh my god! Um, yeah, yeah, they're just super quirky, but um, they're uh, they're they're doing some great stuff. But other half, I just quickly wanted to say, Jay, really, as I was talking about their releases, right now they're killing it. I mean, they're on fire. I just saw that they announced um, another big release for, I believe, this weekend. It was, it's a um, quadruple can release. I think two out of the four are collaborations with Equilibrium brewing out of new york as well and it just seems to me that other half they're really firing on all cylinders producing great beer um super hyped releases and um we're just really lucky to be able to sample this on the show and i'm i'm impressed with it yeah same here i mean uh it's it doesn't taste like it's five five weeks old and um Mm -mm. looking forward to having the rest of the beer during the show Indeed, indeed. Uh, we do have a little bit of follow-up uh, here to get to, Jay. Uh, the first bit of follow-up is beer-related. And for those of you that have been following along with this uh, controversy or kind of a grudge match that's taking place between Stone Brewing out of San Diego and Miller Coors out of, I don't even know, where are they based out of, like Belgium or something? <laughs> like, I don't what's, know. Uh, who knows, right? I mean, this big beer conglomerate and, um, you know, Stone famously is, you know, kind of fighting back against the powers that be. And they actually 
um, took out a lawsuit against Miller Coors and said that they were infringing on their trademark by marketing uh, Keystone Light as um, well. They, they said that they're breaking up the key in the stone, That's so, so that yeah. And the, the example that they give <laughs> is is if you look at one of their cans and f- uh, tilt it on the side, it says Stone Light. The you know kind of the way that they they divided everything. And um, Jim Koch, uh, one of the founders of Stone, released a uh, video, and we talked about this what about three episodes ago, Jay, yeah. on the it's show. A, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was a it was a pretty funny video, and just he he's commenting on the situation, and basically you know their their whole tagline was put the key back in Keystone uh, to Miller Coors because you know they're confusing the beer drinking public, and you know they're infringing on their trademark, yada, yada, yada. Well, in the show notes, I will have a few links for you. I highly suggest that you check them out, uh, listeners out there. Really interesting stuff because Miller Coors has responded to the lawsuit and has essentially, I don't want to say countersued. I- I've been watching a lot of like People's Court and Judge Judy lately. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I don't know if that's the correct terminology. But basically, they're responding to it. They're... they're um, you know they're they're uh, arguing against a lot of the points that Stone made regarding sure. Keystone and Stone yeah. and and they they have a ton of you know back advertisements and evidence kind of showing that you know they they've been they've marketed Keystone as you know with just using the stone and they're they're you know again tons of evidence there a lot of great points that they're making to be quite honest um to you know not to sound biased they are a lot of it's pretty compelling and I don't want to spoil it, so what I recommend everyone do, you'll see the the second um, link in the show notes. It's actually going to be a tweet stream. I don't know if that's the correct term. Jay, is it? Tweet, tweet? storm. Tweet storm. Thank you. And it's by, <laughs> <laughs> it's by a gentleman that I mentioned last time who is a lawyer, and his name is uh, Brendan Powell Freeman. I apologize if I uh, mispronounced his name, but really, really comprehensive. He breaks everything down in layman's terms. All the points that Miller Coors or all the counterpoints that Miller Coors um, are making against Stone in in their countersuit or whatever you want to call it. And it's just it's, it's super interesting stuff. If you're into anything like this, anything you know legal related or beer world related when it comes to big beer, I highly recommend that you check it check it out. It'll take it's about like five minutes, maybe ten minutes reading uh, the tweet storm. So so check it out. Sums everything up. And then the final link that we'll have in the show notes is Stone's response, which is hilarious. Um, it's 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 classic Stone. It's super short. It's like a page, but it's like. I don't know, four short paragraphs. Check it out, everyone. The battle is heating up. We're going to have some more updates as they appear um, out there. And um, just check out out Mr. Uh, Pal Freeman's uh, summary. It's it's really, really interesting. Yeah, I need need to go through that uh, tweet storm. But the uh, yeah. I just took a glance at the Stones response, and the one <laughs> thing that stood out to me was um, best choose your popcorn eating gifts now. <laughs> yes, yes. I love I love <laughs> gifts, especially that Michael Jackson throwing popcorn in his oh, mouth man. gif. Like when, when stuff's about to go down, I love that stuff. So uh, I love Stones' response. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go through the other links that you posted here, especially that tweet storm because it looks pretty lengthy. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. I'm gonna grab my popcorn right now. Oh yes, yeah, grab it and grab a beer with it. Um, 
make sure it's not a, a stone light. And <laughs> I think I think you'll be very entertained, Jay. Yeah, for sure. Um, one more piece of follow up before we move on to our next topic. Um, uh, you put this one in here. It's from Bloomberg. Our good buddy Mark German. Uh, yeah. And it's a. Once you once you tell us about this link, it's it's pretty pretty funny. It's ironic. Well, first of all, I just have to say this is probably the most ironic yeah link or <laughs> article or story or anything that has ever appeared on this podcast. When this story came out, I I literally I checked the date, I checked my watch, I said it's today, April first. I mean, I just couldn't <laughs> believe what I was reading. I mean, this is just this is too much. So. Mark Gurman, for those of you that aren't aware, we've mentioned him on the show numerous times. He is essentially the godfather of Apple rumors and leaks. Um, he has, you know, tremendous well-placed sources in Apple. He has uh, come out with stories. Um, there's too many products yeah. and instances to name, but just yeah, I mean, just tons of you know, instances where he's come out and said, hey, this is going to come out and be announced at this time. And he's had schematics, drawings, you know, exact specs. I mean, this guy is just, he's hooked up in ter- in Apple and, and, you know, he does a good job at being a reporter. But um, he published a story and I'll just kind of read you the opening paragraph. Uh, the Cupertino, California-based company said in a lengthy memo posted to its internal blog, which is not public, right, Jay? It's internal. <laughs> so that means that, You see where I'm going with this. Anyway, I'll continue. Um, That it caught 29 leakers last year and noted that 12 of those were arrested. These people not only lose their jobs, they can face extreme difficulty finding employment elsewhere, Apple added. Uh, The company declined to comment on Friday. So if you're not following along, folks, famed Apple leaker Mark Gurman just leaked an internal memo from Apple warning its employees to not leak. (laughs) Yes, I'm not. This is not April Fools. This is not uh, a joke. This is this is like, this is the funniest thing that I've seen. I mean, in terms of irony, I mean, and 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 the sto- speaking of stones, the stones on this guy. I mean, man, Mark Gurman. You know, I guarantee he's not allowed like within you know a hundred yards of an of, Apple of store. Apple. Yeah, yeah right. anything <laughs> Apple related, right? I mean, I'm sure they got. <laughs> it's they got so guys funny. on that guy. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's hilarious and. You know, it's it reminds me of man. It's been years now. I want to say it was what 2013 or so, where Tim Cook famously said that they were going to double down on leaks, and yeah, I think they did okay for a while in terms of software stuff. Um, a lot of stuff, hardware wise, definitely was still leaked from the supply chain. Sure, you but can't as of yeah, but as of late, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. the 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 one that comes to mind. That was really bad. Was the um, the gold master or the golden master of iOS 11 yeah. that came out and spoiled everything about the iPhone yeah. 10? Yeah. And um, it is a problem. You know, it does put Apple at a disadvantage competitively. Um, you know, with with this information that that they don't want out there. I mean, this is. I think you know if you're you know if you have any kind of business knowledge, this is this is pretty obvious that they would be concerned. And you know for for Apple in terms of their popularity and and the the level of interest that is out there, I mean, I can see how this could be you know an ongoing difficult problem. But personally, I don't know about you, Jay, but it was it was to me it was interesting to read just kind of the lengths that they go to 
in terms mm-hmm. of you know not only catching these people but prosecuting them i mean just the jail time thing to me i mean it makes sense i guess i probably haven't given it too much thorough thought but to read that you know 12 people were put you know were arrested you know by law enforcement is like whoa i mean it's just, it's like I don't, I don't understand. And, and they go on to ch- check out the article, folks, in the show, show notes. It's really interesting. But, I mean, they go on to kind of speculate or say, okay, this is why we think that our employees are doing this kind of thing. And it all kind of goes back to, like, um, I don't know, thinking that they're not going to get caught, quote, unquote. But, I mean, it, you know, it, it just caused me to kind of stop and, and take a step back and think and, and kind of ask myself, like, why – why? Like, why would you do this? I mean, unless, I mean, the only thing I can think of that's the obvious thing is they're getting paid. Um, but I, I want to say that there's a part of me that wants to think that some of these people are doing it just to like, just to kind of stick it to the man and just to be like, I can do this and, you know, and okay, yeah. I'm going to get away. You know, it's just like, really? Like, you're working at Apple, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's one of the top companies in the world. It's the most valuable company in the world. And, and, you're going to risk throwing it all away to to tell some Lakers fan at Bloomberg, you know, what the next <laughs> iPhone model is going to be? Come on. I yeah, it's 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 crazy like um the, the, I I was reading some tweets when this came out and they're saying that like there's only a certain type of person that would leak this type of information to the press and it's the one like you know, you mentioned the uh mm-hmm. the gold master of the final iOS 11 whatever mm-hmm. firmware. It's it's usually somebody who is it's a it's a disgruntled employee and they just want to ruin it for everybody that worked on that yeah iOS eleven or whatever and and I could see that and that's going to be tough to stop and I feel like Apple is such a huge corporation and there's certain you know there's managers middle managers top executives and they're all telling people below them to this is what we need to do. It's either this mm-hmm. way, you know. We have we have shareholders to please, although they they'll never say that, and mm-hmm. it kind of goes against what they're doing. You know, the coders, the developers are doing day in day out, and they're just like kind of. I could see somebody getting frustrated or whatever, and mm-hmm. they're just like, you know what, f this. I'm gonna leak this <laughs> or ruin it for everybody. Like I could I could definitely see that happen, and yeah. you know, as a former Apple retail employee, I, I could. You know, obviously we're Apple fanboys, at least I am, um, <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> I could see that it, it does suck. Like, you know, I used to work for that company. I was proud to work for that company. And, and it does suck when I could see how it would suck for the thousands of people who are working for that corporation. And, and to for have something like, you know, the iPhone or iOS 11 to leak before it got for, uh, formally announced. That that mm-hmm. would definitely suck. Uh, yeah. And I understand them trying to crack down, you know, famously Apple, this is part of their culture. They love to, they love the reveal. They love to surprise and delight. And mm-hmm. I could see, you know, I, I, this makes sense. Like they yeah. will crack down on leakers, but the fact that the memo about cracking down on leakers actually leaked, I feel like there's that one person, <laughs> the person who leaked oh, this to man. German is, is having like, they're laughing their ass off right now. It's just, oh. they're just having the time of their life. But it, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's, I feel like Apple is so big at this point And there's, and you know, you said they're the most, uh, you know, they've got the biggest market value. They're the most profitable yeah. company in the world. Yeah. There's 
there's always going to be this interest in Apple. There's only be there's always going to be this thirst for news about them, especially stuff that hasn't been announced. I don't think this is ever going to stop. They're such a huge company that so, like at least one person is going to want to leak something. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is ever going to stop. Um, yeah. But it, I think it's just hilarious that a memo against a, 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 that they're going to crack down on leakers actually mm-hmm. leak is just. I mean, it's just it's funny. Oh my god, you you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, you, you literally can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So before we get into our next topic, why don't you tell me about something that we both like? Indeed, indeed. This episode of the IBU podcast is sponsored by High Ten Apparel. Looking to express yourself in life's most exciting moments? High Ten Apparel has you covered. Established in the Bay Area, High Ten Apparel offers unique designs that will assist with expressing your emotions to the fullest. Go to HighTenApparel.com and use the promo code IBU2018 to receive 25% off your first order. That's H-I-G-H-T-E-N Apparel.com. Special thanks to Evan and Abe over there at High Ten Apparel for sponsoring today's show. And just wanted to mention my two personal favorites, Jay, over on HighTenApparel.com. Um, they do t- awesome designs. Uh, t-shirts are, are their current specialty right now. And um, my alma mater, they have a uh, Berkeley Tree Service shirt. Uh, check it out over there. It's awesome. They have uh, kind of a nice bear that's a um, that's a lumberjack chopping down those Stanford trees. So I really <laughs> love that one. But um, especially apt now, timing-wise, yes. for the yeah. NBA playoffs. Yes. My, this, it, actually, the more I talk about it, this might be my all-time favorite. Of course, it's the baby LeBron. It's LeBron James. He's got the headband and everything, and he's in a nice little baby carrier. I just had a kid, and, you know, being a huge <laughs> Warriors fan, and there being the possibility of us facing them again in the finals, uh, it's it's just one of my all-time favorite sh- uh, shirts. And, and last year, for example, I wore to you know every time that i watched the game everywhere that i went rocking the baby lebron so uh, check it out folks high apparel.com yeah i especially like that baby lebron shirt you showed it to me and i was like <laughs> oh that is like quintessential lebron james he's yes. such a crybaby i mean he, uh, you know somebody like walks by him and and the mm-hmm. whiff of <laughs> air like brushes his arm and he's like mm-hmm. where's the foul like oh uh, man I mean, oh, yeah. I love it's. I mean, NBA playoffs right now is it's it's awesome, yeah. awesome time. Yep, indeed. Well, Jay, uh, we have some really exciting follow up news out of Cupertino and our favorite um, computer guys over there, and they have a little update on the Mac Pro. Yeah. So last week, um, Nick. Um, Nick. <laughs> it was me. It was me all along, Jay. <laughs> so last week, Matthew Panzerino of TechCrunch, he got exclusive access uh, to Apple and uh, he was invited over to Cupertino where they talked about it. It, it was basically like a follow up to last year's mm-hmm. kind of like roundtable on the state of the Mac Pro. He mm-hmm. was invited back to Apple where they talked about uh, the state of the Mac Pro as it is now in 2018. And he they talked, uh, Apple talked about their um their workflow with with uh, regards to pro users. So mm-hmm. there are basically two main points on this article that he published. Uh, first, the Mac Pro is coming in 2019. And mm-hmm. I have a couple quotes uh, that I wanted to pull from the article. And I'm going to read them right now. When we got the news mm-hmm. that it wouldn't arrive in 2017, there was some implicit messaging 
that 2018 was not guaranteed either. We were not told not this year, but definitely not next year. Mm-hmm. But this time around, uh, Boger was succinct. The, the promised Mac Pro will be a 2019 product. Mm. And this is uh, this guy Boger quoted here. We want yep. to be transparent and communicate openly with our pro community. So we want them to know that the Mac Pro is a 2019 product. It's not mm-hmm. something for this year, end quote. In addition to transparency for pro customers, there's also a larger fiscal reason behind it. Quote, we know there's we know that there's a lot of customers today that are making purchase decisions on the Mac iMac, sorry, iMac Pro and whether or not they should wait for the Mac Pros. End quote, says Boger. Mm-hmm. And um some other details about the upcoming Mac Pro. Uh, the main one was uh, that they want them to know, the pros u- pro users to know that they're going to work on a display for a modular system. So right, that right there, they're saying Apple is working on their own display and that it's go- the, Mac, the new Mac Pro is going to be a modular system. So mm-hmm. you can plug and play, um, remove stuff, yeah. put new stuff in, add to your existing system so uh what are your thoughts on this new mac pro uh well on the first coming 2019 date and what they've uh talked about in this article so far well first of all i i just want to shout out panzer with the super exclusive on this and when this story hit the first thing that i started seeing on twitter and linked articles was um he was the only one Mm -hmm. and it was just like whoa it's it's kind of like it to me, it's kind of like almost he's the new Walt Mossberg, right? Oh, he, he's he's that's the, a great point. He's the he's the to me. I don't know. Maybe maybe next time they do no. something like this, they pick Gruber or Snell. No, no, no. I, I I agree with you because Walt Mossberg, he's like the you know the uh, outgoing king of yeah. or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, Matt Panzerino. He's, 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 he's from TechCrunch. He's the new yeah. media, whatever you want to call it. He's not yes. from the Wall Street Journal. That totally yep. makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, I think he deserves it. You know, he's just, every time, I mean, his articles, I mean, always well-written, great points, super detailed, very succinct. Um, you know, I've heard him on podcasts from yep. time to time. Mm-hmm. Most uh, recently, uh, he was a guest of Gruber's on the talk show, and he just, you know, he just comes comes off as super knowledgeable, but really down to earth and and um, you know cool to talk to. So anyway, um, huge props to him first and foremost. But uh, I wasn't surprised at 2019 for the release date because I believe well they they just talked about it on the talk show. But I had remembered even before hearing it on the recent episode that that Gruber did mention that someone at the roundtable last year made a comment. And said something along the lines of, "Oh, when the Mac Pro comes out, and you know, this was 2017, right? So it would have been when it comes out next year." Mm-hmm. And then somebody, one of the Apple people, corrected them and said, yeah. "You know, we didn't say." I forgot the exact wording. It wasn't like they didn't outright say, "Oh, it's not, it's not coming out next year," but they were like, "You know, like the only thing we're saying is, is, is it's not going to come out this year, right? Exactly. Right? So, so the, the, I wasn't surprised that at all." And the other thing I wanted to say was, uh, and they even mentioned it in the article, which was they wanted to be transparent with their user base, especially people who were actually yeah. literally, you know, professionals, 
that were sitting waiting for them to announce something in order to make a purchasing decision whether to purchase the iMac Pro now or wait until yeah. the Mac Pro comes out. So yeah, I, I, I thought it was the right thing to do, um, but I thought it was super interesting what what was focused on with you know showing Panzer around and and the article itself and this whole workflows thing, which is essentially you know Apple saying. Hey, we're listening to our users, but we're <laughs> we're taking that listening to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 you know, essentially they've hired professionals to work for them to for them to observe and to provide this feedback in terms of what's working, what isn't, you know, what are those um, those sticking points, the pain points, uh, things that are holding up those workflows for them, their productivity. And it just it was super interesting and I and I I don't want to say I question Apple's motives, but here's a better way of putting it. I think that it was very deliberate. Obviously, it was very deliberate on Apple's part, but I think that the the, the overall reason they did it was to tell their professional users, you know, we are doing this for you. We're listening to you. And, you know, this is how much we're listening to you that we've hired you, quote unquote, to work for us so that you can give us that direct feedback. And I just, I don't know. I think that it was, I think it, it kind of, when I stopped and, and after reading the article and thought about it, I thought it was, to me, it came off a little bit as, see, see, we're listening to you, right? <laughs> right after the whole debacle yeah. from the previous trash can Mac Pro and that kind of blowing up in Apple's face. Right, and having all this outrage from their professional users and Mac Pro loyalists and people saying, "Where's the Mac Pro? Ah, pitchforks, pitchforks." I just think it, it. I don't know. To me, it came out a little bit too much as, as you know, see, see, we're listening. I mean, I, I think that they could have accomplished the same thing, just how they normally do. I don't, I don't know. It's to me, it just doesn't strike me as being entirely worth it to do it in the way that they did it in the sense that maybe they could have just sent, I think this was even said on the talk show as well. And I, I totally agree with it, which is why didn't they just send out their employees to go and observe and, and be flies on the wall at music production studios or film editing studios. I mean, I don't know. To me, it seems like they could have accomplished the same thing. I don't know. That's just, I I think, um, so if 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 you like 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 what you said if if they just send out people to different companies or whatever pro users to see how mm-hmm. their they were their workflow was, mm-hmm. I think if they did that and they didn't do this uh, article, WWDC would come around and people know you know us nerds would knowing that they did this roundtable last year we would be expecting mm-hmm. something anything about the Mac Pro and I think mm-hmm. the whole purpose of this was to um basically like set expectations like okay you know mac pro is not coming until 2019 Mm -hmm. and you know what that sucks but you know buy an imac pro right now it's a great machine yeah um but also at the same time you know we're you know we are working we've hired or contracted people to work alongside our developers to see how you know how you guys work um if there's anything that we can improve on, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. And that way, now that this article is out and they told Panzer all this stuff, now that they don't, now they're kind of off the hook on releasing a Mac Pro in mm-hmm. 2018 this year. Uh, because if they didn't do this and they just went 
business as usual announced iOS 12, the next version of Mac mm-hmm. OS, and no mention of hardware. Like, I think they would have pitchforks upon pitchforks <laughs> at <laughs> WWDC if nothing was announced. So I yeah. think. I feel like Apple is like the best like PR marketing company out there. They mm-hmm. know what the heck they're doing. I mean, they they famously leak, quote unquote, to Wall Street Journal, other publications of their plans without mm-hmm. saying that, oh yeah, you know, they, 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 they leak these things to set expectations. And this is another example of them setting expectations. So they, 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 they talk to Panzer, they kind of like, tell him like you know mac pro not until 2019 we're but look we're doing this cool stuff we've started a a, a workflow group mm, and you know look at all this cool stuff that we're doing for the pro user and this kind of tells the pro user like okay cool apple is doing something for me What's yeah. go you know, all right, I'm looking forward to WWDC. What what are they gonna announce then? So they kinda like set expectations. Yeah. Nothing's coming out this year in terms of the Mac Pro. Uh so WWDC is like, okay, they can announce what they're gonna announce and no one's gonna be upset that there's mm-hmm. no Mac Pro because they already said, you know, they yeah. talked to Panzer, it's not nothing's coming out until twenty nineteen. Yeah, and I and you just you just kinda you made a great point there, Jay. It's almost like Apple I can see it now. Apple is saying Hey, it's coming out in 2019, aka it's going to take us longer, but look, this is why it's taking us longer. So yeah. that 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 makes sense to me. So I cool, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> um let me ask you this, Jay, this modular system. What do you think about that? How do you think that is going to look? You know, what does Apple have up their sleeves? Um to me that's really intriguing just kind of imagining the possibilities with that. And I and I can't help but think that Apple is going to really do something super innovative again, cautiously innovative because, sure. you know, they don't want to, <laughs> they don't want to paint themselves into a thermal corner or anything like that. <laughs> um, but to me, it's really intriguing. What do you, how do you think that that's going to, that's going to look, what, what are they going to do with that? Uh, so it's it's interesting that they say modular, and modular could be interpreted interpreted in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all we all know the trash can Mac Pro. It was a flop. I, I don't think yeah. it's <laughs> it's it's you know it's not fair to say that it was a flop. It's totally fair to say it was a flop. Um, but if you look back to the previous Mac Pro, it was the you know a tower case that we're all used to that we know. And you could swap in hard drives. You could upgrade RAM, and uh, yeah. you can put in like super drives or uh, DVD drives or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's modular, but modular is very vague. And on the latest episode of ATP, they had a pretty good discussion on what that could mean, and it could mean a number of different things. It could mean you know, you, they could take the same. PC tower case and have it be modular where you could like shove in, take out hard drives, but it could also mean um, they could put a bunch of ports and you can attach mm-hmm. external hard drives, external GPUs. Um, you could still, I'm sure you could pretty, pretty sure you could still upgrade RAM and, and all that stuff, but modular yeah. is, is very vague at this point. I'm pretty sure that they did that on purpose. Um, yeah. I am not a pro user by any means. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the most thing that I, the most I'll ever do is edit this podcast. But <laughs> um, 
you know, uh, the the concept of a Halo computer, like you know, in, in the automotive industry, they have this Halo car. So like Acura makes the NSX, and all the technology that they use on that trickles down to the rest of the Acura and Honda product lines. Mm-hmm. I I am you know Syracuse is totally in favor of this. He's famous for this. That you know he wants there to be a an Apple Halo computer where they test out all their latest technology and have that trickle down to the other lines, the iMac, mm-hmm. Mac Mini if that's still alive, and then mm-hmm. iOS, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So modular could mean a number of different things. Personally, I think I'm hoping that they're not just going to stick to a PC tower type like uh, form factor. Yeah, I don't want it to be another trash can, but I would like to see something else. Um, you know, not an iMac Pro. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're married to the screen, whatever. But yep. you know, something in between, like a souped up Mac Mini. Or something along those lines. I, you know, I'm I'm ter- I'm terrible at predicting things, but I, I I'll I'll go on record as saying it's not going to be like a traditional PC tower, yeah. but it's not going to be um, an iMac Pro. It's going to be something in the middle. So I, I'm interested. Yeah. You know, 2019 is you know we're we're, we're four months into 2018. Like it feels like 2019 is mm-hmm. a ways away, and it could be yeah. the end of 2019. So I, yeah. I'm interested to see what they're working on. Um, what do you think? What do you think they're going to come out with when, when they talk about modular? Yeah, um, I think that number one, the stakes are very very high mm, for Apple. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we have to remember what happened with the trash can Mac Pro and kind of look at Apple's approach when designing that and the the way they presented that. And famously, Phil Schiller was on stage and, you know, Apple was being criticized, you know, for not innovating anymore. And I don't know if it was WWDC or a special event, Jay. I I don't even remember at this point. But, uh, but, but. Schiller famously said, can't innovate anymore, my boop. And it was kind of Apple, in a lot of ways, Apple at its best. And in a lot of ways, Apple at its worst. Because (laughs) they came out and said, okay, we have this new Mac Pro for you. Look at how beautiful it is. Look at how innovative this design is. And, you know, Apple at its best. And everyone was like, oh, this is great. But, you know, again, Apple at its worst. Because they were so intent on this and so focused on this that they again they they painted themselves into a you know thermal corner where the uh, you know the machine could not cool itself properly right. and could not support expansion properly so that it could be upgraded the right way and it was just like whoa it was this huge blunder so looking at the Mac Pro now again the stakes are just you know in in Sky outer high. space, of the, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, know, right. it's, they're in the they're in the yeah, the the great great space gray, because Apple, you know, again, the pressure is on them because they do need to produce this Mac Pro that will serve the needs of these Pro users. Um, they are kind of approaching the software side of it in an innovative way with the whole what we just talked about with the people that they've hired, etc. But hardware wise. First of all, you you have to know, I know, I know you know, Jay, and those, a lot of you listening out there will know that Apple is going to come from the same place that they came from with the trash can Mac Pro in that they are going to design something innovative. They're going to design something that Johnny Ive and his team would be proud of and to say that this is, 
you know, this is the Mac Pro. This is fresh. This is new. This is something, this is like something you've never seen before. Right. And they're still going to do that. I firmly believe that. I, I, I don't, Apple is not the company that, the type of company that is going to say, oh, well, we tried to do that last time and we failed. So we're just going to give up and we're going to give you a, an updated <laughs> cheese grater Mac Pro. Yeah. They're not going to do that. Yeah. And if you think about it, so, so look at it this way. They're not going to do the trash can again. Nope. They're not going to regress and go backwards to the cheese grater, which the cheese grater is a, it's just a it's a it's a tower, right? It's a PC tower. Yeah. Okay. We know that it's going to be modular, right? So what are they going to do? I have no idea. Again, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm not I am not going to buy this computer. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not <laughs> you know unless <laughs> unless my career path takes a drastic turn and I you know some someday start doing video editing or something, which probably not, um, <laughs> you know, but it's still exciting to me as, a, as an Apple fan because man, oh, it yeah. just, I mean, just, it just, you know, causes me to speculate. Okay. Modular. What does that mean? It means that there are going to be components. Okay. And the first thing that comes to mind for me personally is I think of, well, I think of two things. I think of the project I gotta look this up. Let's do some real time follow up here. Mars uh, project. Well, it's the it's the uh, modular um, uh, s- smartphone project that Google was doing. They it was actually another company, and Google bought them. And hmm. here it is. So it's Project Ara. I don't know how to pronounce that. Ara Ara. I want to say it's Ara. It's A R A. And okay. it was. I don't know what the company was called before Google acquired them, but they were working on it for a couple of years. And the concept was it was a modular smartphone where the screen, the battery, the RAM, the CPU, et cetera, et cetera, were all components, right? Okay. All little blocks and pieces, and you assembled your phone. And okay. when your screen got outdated with a higher, you know, it was a higher resolution one on the market, you'd buy it, oh, boom, slap yeah, it on your yeah, phone, update now. it, yeah. right? When, when, right? When you wanted to add more RAM, kind of like a computer, you added more RAM. So to me... I think of that, and I think of Apple's famous. Um, the second thing that I wanted to mention was I think of, you know, the old the old cheese grater, right, or the yeah. old pow, um, Power Mac G four G three, where you used to be able to pull down the side of the tower very right. simply, right, just boop, pop it out, and then simply insert your RAM and upgrade your RAM or upgrade any other components or, or whatever it is. But Apple really prides themselves or prided them, at least prided. They don't really do it much anymore because nowadays there's not a lot that's customizable, right? You can't really right. do the user replaceable RAM except for the 27-inch iMac, et cetera, et cetera. But I think of that and I think of the ease of use and the ease of, um, I don't know, upgradability. And I, I want to say that Apple is going to do something unique in that space where they're going to they're going to have these separate components they're going to have the monitor they're going to have you know again the CPU the RAM you know the graphics card etc cetera, etc cetera. and to me what what makes sense to me for Apple is that they're going to take all these things again with the word modular which is the only word we really have in terms of a concept yeah. and they're going to present this to pro users in a very apple like way which is very elegant which is very refined and give them the the customization options. They give them the ability to upgrade, to do these things that pro users want to do, but in a very aptly innovative, very new way where, I don't know, you you know, like maybe it's this, you know, this is super cool way of, um, you know, clicking pieces together 
in a certain yeah. way that's very simple to do that has Who never knows? been seen before on a computer that yeah. you could do and it's just it's like this perfect sleek square where you you know hit a button and it just pops out and then you have your ram and then you put it in <laughs> i mean i don't know i just you know i think of futuristics of i think of like transformers things right but you see but yeah. you see what i mean though jay that's that's apple that's what that's that's how high the stakes are to the point that apple they need to deliver on this they need to deliver in terms of performance in terms of the needs of the pro users but also in all the ways that apple is known to deliver in terms of design ease of use um sleekness so it to me this is this is super super exciting i can't wait to see what they're going to present at wwdc 2019 yeah i feel like they paid in themselves in a, into a hype corner <laughs> oh ooh, ding all right well <laughs> Let's get back to this beer because this beer got me a little hyped up. It did for me as it's well. It's been it's been going down so smooth, Jay, and I think you've got me beat mm-hmm. in terms of the amount of liquid you've consumed. I've gone first. I think I know I went first I don't the last remember, time. Dude. It's been Who knows? it's been a minute. We we missed. The well, week I've been for I've been break, but uh, I, I've been yapping a lot. So Jay, you you gotta <laughs> come in and and tell me what you think about this. Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. Um. When we first uh, when, when we first drank this beer, we're talking. We we had this beer um, planned. The thing that worried us was the uh, the brew date, and like you said mm-hmm. at the beginning, it was it's five weeks now since uh, it was been since it was released, and yeah. I I don't I can't taste or sense any age at all. Um, mm-hmm. The aroma was was on point. Um, it stood out, you know, a lot of juicy notes, vegetal dankness. It all jumped out of the can uh, once we poured it out. And uh, first, I'll be honest, the first taste for me, I was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe the five weeks didn't mm-hmm. get to it. It didn't, yeah. it wasn't as juicy as it smelled, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Did get a lot of dankness. I got a lot of earthiness, and the more I drank it throughout the show, it wasn't you know it wasn't the 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 beer didn't go bad. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't skunky. It wasn't like I didn't have to pour it down the drain, uh, but it it had something else about it. Like I I I I want I wish I could taste this beer fresh. I feel like it it yeah. I feel like the juicy notes could have stood out more. Yes. Um. But that's not to say that this beer was not good. It was definitely good. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely appreciated the dankiness, the earthiness of it. Um, and it, it's it's funny. I usually have, like, a rating in my head. But, like, I mm-hmm. did not have one as, as this show progressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would give this, considering it's five weeks after its canning date and. How well it's held up. Aroma was definitely good. Uh, taste did not follow the aroma, but that's not to say that the taste was bad. I did like what I drank. I would, I would give this a four two five. Um, mm-hmm. I I like that. I did not hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I there's definitely uh, things that I would 
like better about it. Like I, mm-hmm. I would appreciate more sweeter, juicier notes, but that's not to take away from the, the dankness of it. Yeah. Eight um, percent did the job, so yeah. four two five for me. Awesome. No, I, I like that rating, Jay. Definitely. Um, I think that first and foremost, I have a bit of a different perspective in a sense because mm. I actually tried the other two releases oh, from okay. that day. Not that this has. I don't know. Again, it's perspective that that doesn't have sure. anything to do with this particular beer, but I can't help but compare this to the two other beers. And I do just want to quickly say that this one blows away the other two. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yes, eh, blow away is not probably not the best <laughs> word, but this one is noticeably better. It's noticeably better than the Hoofhearted collaboration. That one I give maybe like a four, maybe a four two five. It was it was really good but nothing super mind-blowing. And then the Universal on All Planes, which was the Monkish collaboration, oh. was was bad. No way. Oh, I was I couldn't believe it. And and it was my thoughts were confirmed or shared by a couple of buddies of mine that also tried it, folks that I saw online. Whoa. They just missed. They Whoa. missed on it. Whoa. It was just what was um, your rating. Oh, the monkish, the other half monkish, which was the uh, universal on all planes. Yeah. I probably would give it like a three, maybe oh, on a good day. Damn. It was, it was like it was drinkable. It was like okay, but like for those two breweries and sure, based on yeah. their pedigree, yeah. I mean, let's just talk about you know LGB to LGA or to reverse them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, that was literally it was yeah. the other half and monkish collaborators. That was tremendous. I mean, sure, it, it yeah, was yeah. it was kind of like. That beer was like a disservice to oh, to, to those to two fine them. breweries. Yeah, they just missed. But it was funny because right after that came out, um, Let These Lines Fly, which was the monkish side of the same style collaboration, okay. came out, which was, you know, other half monkish, but it was done by monkish. That one was tremendous. Hmm. That was like a four or five, four or seven hmm. five. So it's wow. just, you know, I mean, nobody's perfect, you know, right. and they did a lot of collaborations in the same type of time frame. Yeah. So, or the same rough time frame. So, I mean, it happens. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Let's get back to Your the brain. beer. <laughs> F'd around and had a triple double. Um, yeah. No, last week. Last week. I can't forget the time. Last week, F'd around and got a triple double. This is a very good beer. And, you know, I can't help but just, do pluses and minuses in my head. You yeah. know, plus this is insanely drinkable. Yeah. For an eight percent double IPA, this goes down like a low to mid seven IPA to me. Um the the time did it right in that regard. It's super balanced, super nuanced. Um the 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 fruit flavors for me are on point. Um, again, you know, a lot of orange, tangerine, little hint, hints of mango and papaya, dankness. Uh, this is this is this is the style. This is the type of double IPA that I want to drink. And and I really did like it in the sense that it's a lot juicier and more tropical than the average other half beer, which tends to be. I know you got a little bit of earthiness, Jay. I didn't get quite a lot of it on my end. Um, but this is a lot juicier, a lot more tropical than the average other half beer. So I really did enjoy that. But minuses, I can't help. I agree with you 100%, Jay. I cannot help but wonder how this tasted fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, so here it is, plus and minuses. The plus, it it, it lasted. It aged very, oh, yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, minus, we didn't really experience the the triple dry hopness, right? 
I mean, there was no hop saturation for me. There was no intensity in terms of the aromas and the flavors. I know it said it burst, but I just, I guess burst was the wrong way of putting the aroma. I it could just, see that. I could, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could, I could smell it, right, <laughs> when I poured it into the glass. I wouldn't say it burst out of the glass and it, you know, overpowered me. But, hey, the day was canned or the day of release or maybe a week after, would it have done that? Probably. I mean, triple dry hop, you know, it's, it's, it, that produces very intense aromas and flavors that you wouldn't normally get on a, you know, even a, eh, probably double dry hop, you know, I would say they'd be comparable, but a regular mm. hopped, yeah. Yeah. um, probably, you know, it wouldn't be that intense. So I can't help but wonder how, how it tasted at that time. Would it have been better? I don't know. But as it is now, it is a really, good um you know it's a, it's a, it's a really good i'd say even great double ipa is it over the top is it super exceptional is it worthy of the hype of a triple dry hop double ipa which i've i i don't want to i can't remember i can't recall a time having a triple dry hop double ipa i don't know about you jay I can't I think of it. I don't think I don't think I ever have. I, I was super excited bad. for it. Yeah, I mean I I you know, I was super hyped for this, but um you know, again, the age made it drinkable. The age made it very smooth, but it wasn't terribly exciting. So to further that thought and also not be terribly exciting, I'm going to have the same rating as Jay and give it a 425. <laughs> I thought you were going to give it like it a three-something. No, no, no. It's super. It. No, it's like, I mean, this is, I could kill a four-pack of this and not sure. even blink. I mean, this is great, but it's just... It's not like, oh, this is a tri- this is a triple dry hot double IPA. I mean, that's like, whoa, I was like excited out of the three. I was excited about the Monkage too, of course. But I mean, I, I have to say just based on that right. type of hype, I was super excited for this. And it just tasted like, it just tastes like a really well-made standard, yeah. Yeah. you know, East Coast double right. IPA, which is not a bad thing. But no. did it deliver on ter- in terms of that hype? Nah. Nah. <laughs> Well, well said, well said. <laughs> All right, Jay. Well, where can folks send you their favorite Ice Cube songs? Oh, man. I'm not on Napster anymore, but... Um, oh! you, can send, <laughs> um, you can send uh, stuff over to me. I'm on Twitter at Jay Torres. I'm on Instagram at Bay Area Beer Life. Uh, and you can find everything that I write. All my contact info is at humblenerd.com. Speaking of Ice Cube songs, uh, shout out to a friend of the show, my brother, uh, Equivalent Exchange. He did our show theme and really freaked it on this edition of the show. So <laughs> big shout out to Equivalent Exchange. Thank you so much. Yes, also, sir. thank you very much to sponsors of the show, High Ten Apparel. Check them out at High Ten Apparel. Dot com. Enter in the code for your first order to get 25% off of it. The code is IBU2018. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you can find our show website at www.internetbeerusers.com. Our show Instagram account at IBU Podcast. Also on Twitter at the same handle. My personal Instagram can be found at IBU underscore Nick. Uh, you can also find me on Untap checking in the beers that I'm drinking at Nick Pro. We've had an absolute blast joining you after a little bit of a spring break. We can't wait to join you again next week to do the same. And until then, Jay. Until then, Nick. Cheers, man. Cheers. How's Nixon? Uh, he's doing well, man. He's doing well. Um, you know, he's getting big. Any uh, any, every any milestones? So um, far? not so much. But um, you know, the last the month. He's in one month. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, I thought you meant like, <laughs> uh, is he like, is he talking yet? No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no but no, yeah, no. he's a month, a little bit over a month. Um, so that's awesome. And um, in terms of what I've been noticing, he's been noticing his surroundings more. There you go. Which yeah, is yeah. cool. You know, like I'll catch him. Like you know, okay. he's he's always kind of looked at me and sees that like, you know, in the <laughs> eyes, which is always great. But like he'll, um, you know, he's kind of more cognizant of like toys more like okay we, we, before we'd be like this or whatever and he just would be like mm, whatever now he's like looking at it and like reaching out trying to touch you know whatever the toy is or like we'll be watching tv and we'll catch him like looking at the tv like you know like <laughs> what's that? you know starting him early <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's terrible we, we've know. been reading we've been reading to him too i mean you know as much as you can so that that's good but um but yeah, he's he's doing well, man. Doing and I mean, you know, I'm still I'm still kind of a zombie at times, and waking up for work is like <laughs> in the roughest <laughs> ever. But um, it's good, man. Overall, that's good. That's good. I was like, yeah, I'm looking man. back at pictures now. To a month after he was born. Oh, bringing you back, yeah. Dude, that's just hey, to see. I have to say, man, because I've been um since I got my Pixel, I've been using Google Photos a lot more. Okay. And Google Photos, man, it's pretty damn good because they do like little like um they yeah. they send you like you you know what I mean? Do you use yeah, it too? Yeah. Oh well, yeah, I, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I have it installed. It's a good little backup, you know. Because yeah. I ended up, it was oh I know what happened now. I put it on my iPhone because I wanted to be able to like instantly see my Android pictures on my iPhone right away. And yeah. and I and I and I inadvertently backed up my entire my entire iCloud photo library to Google Photos. Yeah, you want that, right? Remember that? Yeah, remember yeah. when I was like, oh, it's my Google Photos. Oh, I remember. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. I like the little summaries. It'll like give you that flashback, and you'll be like, oh, my God, that was three years ago. Like, Yeah, crazy. I'm like going back. I'm going through it right now. It's like Rediscovery Memories, Day huh? 2015, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, I was oh, looking good times. to find pictures of when Clyde was a month old and, and trying to trying to house. Trying to put remember where in, you were at in, in that like what how, yeah. how he was when he was a month old and um, yeah how's he doing man how's how's the family um he's he's really good like uh he's talking like a and more like i can't like before it'd be like uh-huh. oh he he knows 10 words or he knows 20 okay. words now at this point we're like we can't even keep counting he just he's, he's off to the races yeah it's funny oh, um that's great today man. we were dropping off the kids for school mm-hmm. and um uh, we're dropping off the older one, and then I was waiting in the car, and he was like, "Apple, Apple." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't have Apple. You, you're hungry. You want apples right now?" And he was like, "He was like phone, phone," and he wanted <laughs> he wanted to watch YouTube on the phone. I was like, "This freaking kid!" You're like, "That's my son." <laughs> That's great. But he, because he, great, you know, man. He, all of our kids love YouTube. They they'll. Fuck watch youtube all day all night and like i mean he he was just bored in the car waiting for uh (laughs) to get back to the car to take him to school he was just like apple apple what are you talking about and he just wanted to watch youtube on the phone i was like oh my god that's great man